Turn in your Bible one more time, at least for a while, to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. We're going to, we're going to, last week was kind of the official close of uh, preparing for future things. Uh, But as I was prepping for today, there was some unfinished business in my heart. How many of you ever have some unfinished business sometimes? You just got, I got to, I got to get, I got to get this off my chest here this morning. And, uh, and in fact, the unfinished business is so unfinished that for some reason I don't have my notes. So I, I'm really not sure how this is going to work. If I could see that better, I might could do it. Uh, this is a, a unique occurrence for me. Let me make sure I'm not I spent all kinds of time. Uh, okay, let's try. Let's try. We're going to talk about the true nature of the new thing. Everyone say the new thing. The true nature of the new thing. And I may have to put my glasses on to see because they have PowerPoint. And you all remember, I don't have notes, so you may have to be ahead of the game. The true nature of the new thing. We talked about the new thing. We realize that God's doing a new thing. That's what we've been talking about since the beginning of the year. He said, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do something. What am I going to do? A new thing. Everyone say a new thing. And so he doesn't really define it, but he begins to describe some of the things that he is going to do for them as the children of Israel. I'm going to bring, they were in what? Babylonian what? They were in Babylonian captivity, uh, and, and they've been there for 70 years, now on 70 years. And God comes to them. He said, I'm about to do, do a new thing. He, in fact, he says in Isaiah 42, verse 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass. In other words, the past is the past. Look at your neighbor and say, the past is the past. And he says, and new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And so <clears throat> this morning... You and I need to understand one more time that God has new things for us. As a church family, He has new things. And sometimes these new things, we don't know what they are in their specifics, but we do know the nature of God and what His, when He goes to work, there is something about His nature that produces blessing and presses us and directs us into our future. With that in mind, Isaiah 42, 1 through 3, let's read this together. I want to show you a word this morning. Uh, Behold my servant. How many of you know this is a prophecy concerning Jesus? Behold my servant whom I uphold. My elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit, somebody say spirit. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Now catch this. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth, everybody say justice. He will bring forth justice for truth. Now, catch this about the the word justice. The word justice, uh, I think King James says it it, it causes, uh, I think King James calls it judgment. But justice really means the verdict. And when you hear him say, uh, I'm looking at verse 1, he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Everyone say justice again. 
He'll bring forth justice, that is the verdict, to the Gentiles. And then he goes down in the bottom of verse 3. He said, I'm going to bring forth justice for truth. And so we know something about God. He said, I, he, with his children of Israel, I'm bringing forth, the, I'm, I'm declaring my verdict here about the children of Israel. And really, because we know it's a prophetic uh, passage of scripture for us, we know that this thing called justice, this thing called the verdict is about you and me as well. He said, I'm going to declare my verdict over you. Now we're talking about new things. Everybody say new things. I'm actually looking here to see if I can find my notes on my phone. I think I can. If y'all be a little patient with me, here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Oh, y'all say, bless him, Jesus. If I do this, they'll make me preach from an iPad from now on. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It might happen. Oh, look at there. Look at there. If I can read it, I don't know if I can read it. Let me do it this way. Yeah, put my glass. Well, you got to understand my eyes. They don't. Okay, here we go. Here we go. There we are. Oh, it's not bad. Okay. And so the verdict is in, and I'm going to give you what I'm calling seven core characteristics of the new thing, because you and I, we may not know the specifics of what God wants to do in our life tomorrow, but we know he's up to something good. Somebody tell somebody he's up to something good. And so I want to talk to you about the nature of the new thing that God does for all of us. You may not know the specifics, but you know God's nature. And we can see the nature of God in all that he does. And so with that in mind, let me just share this thoughts with you. Uh, In fact, I want to go down. Let me read uh, verse verse 6 and 7. He says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the Gentiles, as a light to the Gentile, pardon me, as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name. Everybody say amen. And so from these passages of Scripture, I want to give you seven core characteristics, really, of the nature of God and the nature of the new thing that He wants to do in all of our lives. Now, the specifics over your life may be different, but understand something, the nature of them all have commonalities. Are you with me? Say amen. The first one is this. Everybody say, the verdict is in. The verdict is in about God and His purposes and His desire over your life. And the first one is this, the first uh, core characteristics of the nature of God and of the new thing that he has for you, it has at it, as its core the caring nature of God Almighty. He cares for you. Smile. Everybody smile and say, he cares for me. Now look at your neighbor and say, he, and he really cares for you too. He cares for us. Notice something about how he begins when once he, the prophet prophesies that Jesus is coming, the elect one's coming, and he's going to bring forth the verdict to the Gentiles, uh, and he says he's not going to cry out. He says this about his plan and his purpose and his desire. He says in verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break. Everyone say bruised reed. Now, that reflects the nature of God Almighty in your life. 
the nature of the reed. The reed is this, a, a, a bruised reed. The word reed literally denotes that which is fragile, weak, easily waved by the wind or broken down. The word uh, uh, therefore may be applied to people who have conscious, uh, who are conscious of feebleness and sin that are moved and broken by calamity that the, and they feel that, pardon me, that they have no strength to bear up against the ills of life. Have you ever felt that way? And these children of Israel in Babylonian captivity certainly felt that way. They had been under the banner of their mistakes now for 70 years. And Jesus shows up and says, I know you may not believe this. Or the prophet shows up. God speaks. I says, I'm going to send Jesus. I know you may not feel this right now, but I care about you. Everybody say he cares about us. And he declares this. The verdict's, hey, the verdict's in. God cares about you. He loves you. And the future that he has for you is born out of his caring concern and his loving compassion. Did you know he loves you enough not to leave you just the way you are? Did you know he loves you enough not to leave you right where you are, but to take you further into his purpose and plan for your life? In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse 4, he says, Since you are precious in my sight... You have been honored, and I have loved you. What's he saying? I've cared about you all this time. I've loved you all this time. When you were uh, 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 have gone away from me, when you had, had wandered away, I still loved you. And the destiny that God has for us, the new thing that he has for us is, is embraced by the reality that God loves you enough to take you where he wants you to go. He cares for you. He desires to bless you. How many of you know he doesn't want you to stay in Babylonian captivity? He doesn't want you even just wandering in the wilderness. He has the promised land in mind for you. Amen. He cares for us. And so there's great caring that God has. A bruised reed. He will not break that reed. The word reed, as you know, is weak by nature. And that's the way all of us are. And we've been bruised by life. How many of you know life is tough sometimes? How many of you, you wake up sometimes in the morning, you look like spiritually, I've been, I've been beat up by something, man. I feel bruised. I feel battered. I, I feel scarred. I feel uh, 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 weakened by the, by the issues of life. And Jesus shows up and he says, I care about you. And I'm not going to put you out. I'm not going to just finish you off. I care about you. I'm going to restore you. Somebody say amen. So that first uh, uh, thing you and I need to embrace in our life concerning the blessings of God and the new, new thing and the nature of the new thing. It's one of great caring. God cares about you. Number two, it has as its core the call of God on your life. Everything about your future has to do with the call of God. God has a call for all of us. Look in verse six. I, the Lord, <coughs> pardon me, have called you. Everybody say, hello. He's called us, not, not by way of the phone, not by way of a cell phone, 
but by our hearts. He's called us. He said, listen, the new thing that I have for you has everything to do with the will of God for your life. There's a calling on your life. The new thing God has for you most certainly uh, has God's righteous purposes in mind. That phrase really just means called you for right, for your righteous purpose. Here's the children of Israel, Babylonian captivity. They had lost their sense of purpose. They had lost their sense of destiny. And God comes back. He said, something new about you. Let me tell you, it has everything to do with the purpose of God over your life, the calling that I have for you. Now, listen carefully. We've, we've kind of we've simplified that to mean the preacher. Oh, the preacher. He's the one who has the calling. Anybody, anybody got uh, Baptist roots? Got Baptist roots? Here's the way. When you felt you, you, you surrendered to the call. That's what they say. You, you've been called to preach, and I've been called to preach, and we, we, we've melted down the call of God to just the preacher. How many of you know we all have the call of God on our life? We all have a sense of destiny and purpose on our life, a, a righteous purpose to fulfill. And Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, he said, the gifts and the calling of God are without reproach. That means they're irrevocable. If God called you 10 years ago, the call of God is still valid on your life. If God called you to something and to and understand this about the new thing, about your future, <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> it moves us. God wants to move us further into the purpose of God for our life, not further out. If you're moving further out from the call of God on your life, you're going the wrong way. But if you're moving closer in, if you're embracing the fact that God has called you for a righteous purpose, you're not here just to sit soaking sour. You have the call of God on your life. And here comes God. And he, he just comes down to the children of Israel. And he says, I'm, I'm resurrecting the call of God in your life. Your mistakes put you out into bondage, into Babylonian captivity. But my mercy and grace has come to you today. And I care about you. The new thing I have for you uh, is going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. But you've got to understand something. You've got to embrace the fact that I care about you and that I have a call on your life. Amen. The ver- Everybody say the verdict's in. See, the verdict's in. He's got a call for our life. He cares about us. And he wants whatever it is for you. He cares about you enough to move you. He wants to move you further into the call of God for your life. And then if you go back to chapter 42, that same verse, verse 6. Man, this thing is loaded right here. He said, I have called you in righteousness. And then he says, I love this one about the new thing. And will hold your hand. Everybody say, he'll hold my hand. That has to do with the fact, uh, the nature of God of always helping us. Everybody say, help. You ever been out there in life you realize, man, I need some help right here. Let me tell you about your destiny. Let me tell you about your purpose. Let me tell you about the call of God on your life. You can't do it without his help. He's come to help us. He said, I'll hold your hand. Now that phrase, I'll hold your hand, has a multifaceted understanding. You catch this. This word, this phrase is chock full. It means to fasten upon, to seize. In other words, he said, I'm going to get a hold to you. In fact, as you move forward, catch this, as you move forward into this new thing, everybody say new thing. 
God says, I got a hold of you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to fasten my hand upon you. I'm going to seize. It also means to strengthen and repair. How many of you know when you got a hold of him, pardon me, when he's got a hold of your hand, there's a strength that comes to you shooting right out of heaven's glory, right through him, right into you, and you realize, whoo, I've got the strength of God because he holds my hand. Amen. And here's the cool part, not just strength, but there's a, there's a healing bomb. There's a re- repairing uh, mechanism within the hand of God. How many of you know when he touches things, when he grabs things, things change? He said, I'm going to hold your hand. I love this aspect of that phrase, to help constantly and continually. When he said, I'm going to hold your hand, I've called you in righteousness, and and, and you need to understand, how many of you know when you you get that, I've called you for a righteous purpose, all of us start going, oh, yeah, but I'm not very very righteous. What about, do you know who you're talking to? The next thing he says, yeah, but I'm going to help you. The destiny of God, the new thing that he has for you, it's going to take his help. He said, I'll hold your hand to fasten upon, to seize, to strengthen, to repair, to help constantly and continually. This is his commitment to us, folks. And then and this is his nature anyway. He doesn't leave us out there in the darkness uh, stumbling around in our own uh, uh, understanding. And he, he wants to help us. This last thought about that, hold our hand. To hold, I love this, to hold to the point of of good courage. How many of you know he's never going to let us go? But one of the things, when he grabs a hold to you, he's saying, I'm holding on to you and, and I'm not going to let go. But one of my goals here in holding on to you is to get you to the place where you have courage about the new thing that I have for you. Everybody say he holds our hand. And the new thing, that, the core characteristic of God is to care for us and love us because he's got a call upon us. And he says, I'm going to help you. Somebody say amen. In fact, the disciples, you remember what the disciples did? The disciples, when Jesus said, I'm going to leave you, they started getting really nervous. Where are you going? How can we know? Where are you going? What are you doing? I, I don't know. I, you know, John 14, uh, he said, I, well, where I go, you know, in the way you know. And, 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 just, and they just nervous all about it. And he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you without a helper. I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send you a helper. He's going to help you. He's going to take care of you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So the nature of God and the nature of the new thing that he has for you, it comes with the commitment, the care of God, the calling of God, and the help of God in the process. Amen. How many of you know none of us can fulfill God's purpose in our own strength? I know he holds my hand. He's got a hold of me. In fact, somewhere in Scripture it says, Lord, I want to get a hold of you like you've got a hold of me. I want to fasten upon and seize you in my life. So his nature, the nature of the new thing is one of caring, one of calling, one of helping. And then number four, the same verse, it's one of guarding. Look what he says. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. And then he says, I will keep you. Everyone say, he will keep us. Come on, say, he will keep us. 
that keeping, uh, it, it really means to protect and preserve. He said, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to protect you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preserve you through the process. I'm going to take good care of you. Amen. Now, Scripture is hock full of God's commitment to take care of us. God's so committed to embracing the new, for us to embrace the new thing that He has promised to protect and preserve us through it all. Amen. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace. In fact, the people that threw them in there, it was so hot that they died. But before they were thrown into the fiery furnace, the three Hebrew children, who, by the way, were in Babylonian captivity, there were some that hadn't given up the faith. And Daniel and the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hadn't. And they told King Nebuchadnezzar, listen, you can do whatever you want to us. God will take care of us. You see, if you knew that, you would be just like Shadrach. If I knew that, we would be just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of Babylonian captivity. Hey, hey, devil, you can do to me whatever you think, but God's going to take care of me. And he's going to show up in my behalf. He's the one who's holding my hand. And what happened when they threw him in there? They were walking around loose. They weren't bound. They were walking around loose. And there was another person showed up in there. And they looked down and there's, I thought we threw three guys down in there. No, there's four. And one of them looks like the son of God. Whoo. So the nature of God in your life, the nature of the new thing that he has for you, whatever it is, it has as its core the nature, the the care of God, the calling of God, the helping of God, and the guarding, the protection of God in our life. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, throughout Scripture, there's so much, I mean, gosh, I could have taken this and made it into a seven-week series. (laughs) These things grow on me, but but Psalm ninety one. How many of you know David understood the protective hedge of God in his life, and and even though David had experienced trouble and mistakes in his life, he says this in Psalm one ninety one. One of my favorite ones, and I'm tempted to read the whole thing. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High <coughs> shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be, (coughs) pardon me, your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And he goes on and on. How many of you know God's a God of protection and, and, and care for us? And he, 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 cares about us. He protects us. He guards us and he guides us. Are you with me? Say amen. So the nature of God, 
And this new thing that he has for you, regardless if we know what my future, I don't know what the future holds. I know he's got something new. It's springing forth. And it has, his, it has my best interest and his greater purpose in mind. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a, the nature of caring. He cares about me. And he's, gonna, he's not going to take you somewhere that's going to hurt you or harm you. He cares about you. He loves you. He's got the call of righteousness upon your life, which is you can't re- revoke it. It's irrev- irrevocable. And he says, I pro- I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to guard and protect you all through it. And then the fifth thing that we see about the nature and the core characteristic of the new thing God has for us, it has to do with giving. Not taking, but giving. Look what he says. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you, that is guard you, and catch this, and give you as a covenant to the people. What? Follow me here. He said, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be my gift to all of humanity. Now, not in an arrogant sense. I'm a gift to the body of Christ. Look at me. I'm special. No, it's in a humbling sense. They are in Babylonian captivity. How many of you know all of us were in bondage to sin, death, and on our way to a devil's hell in a hurry, and God came and delivered us? And, and, and you, know what, you know what his nature is? His nature is to deliver you and then not, not only bless you, but to use you and, and allow you to be a gift to the people of God and the people of the earth. See, wherever you go tomorrow, you are God's gift to those people. And as a result, you're there to bless them. How many of you know gifts ought to be a blessing and not a curse? And we've got to embrace that. Whatever God has for me, it's wrapped up in the reality that he has given me to others. I'm here for others. It's not all just about me. I'm here for others. Now, let me kind of build on this just a second if I have time. I think I might. You Go back to Genesis 12 just for a second. Genesis 12 is uh, there's what we call the Abrahamic what? Covenant. Abraham's the father of our faith, remember? And it says about this, God said to Abraham, verse 1, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And now catch this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. How many of you know that has come to pass? How many of you know the Bible says don't touch the Lord's anointing and when people start messing with Israel, God shows up. So it does have to do with the Jews, but how many of you know that we are as children of God, been born again and we are now the Israel of God? I'm going to say that again just in case y'all didn't hear how many of you know, because you're born again, you've been born into the family of faith, and you are, you are sons and daughters of Abraham, and as a result, you've been born again, and we are the Israel of God. Did you catch that? Not, not by flesh and blood, not by, by Jewish blood, but by nature of what Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross. Are you with me? If you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. Now, look at the last part. 
I will curse him who curses you, and in you... He's talking to Abraham, but now at the, the greater picture, Abraham's in heaven now, of course, and we are part of the Israel of God, and in you all the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. In other words, your seed have been given as a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. And so that's what he's saying here. If you go back to Isaiah 42, when he says this about, I will, I will give you <coughs> as a covenant, there's the promise, to the people. They were in Babylonian captivity. It looked like their days were over. They looked like they're all going to die out in Babylonian captivity. He said, no, there's something I'm up to. I'm, so, I'm up to reaching the whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so catch that. Jesus came, by the way, to implement the key comp- component of the Abrahamic covenant. That was to bring God and man back into right relationship with one another through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because all of humanity were hopelessly separated from God and couldn't be back into fellowship with God and back in fellowship with the family of faith. So Jesus came to bring about the blessing of God upon his people so we then could turn around and be God's gift to a world that is lost and without Christ. Man, oh man, I'm preaching from the iPhone this morning. That's the nature of God. We really are God's gift to the whole world. Wherever you go tomorrow, whatever the new thing is God has for you, it has as its core the reality that you're here because God has gifted you into the world. And that leads us to the next thought about the nature of the new thing. It's, it, it has to do not only with the fact that we've been given to the world, but it has to do with illuminating and shining. For he says this, look at this. He said, I will keep you and give you, verse 6, as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles to open blind eyes. He said, the reason you're here, the reason I'm redeeming you out of this is so you can illuminate the way for the rest of the world. Not just try to, con- how many of you know when light shines, light shines? Oh, yeah, I knew that preacher. When the light is on, the light is on, right? And the light by its very nature shines and illuminates and exposes and reveals things. And this is the nature of God over our life. When light shines, things are illuminated and and revealed. And let me tell you something, the world needs some light in their life. Woo! Are you with me? So we have an illuminating effect. In fact, gosh, I'm going to skip through some of this. Mark 4, you can read it later, verse 12 through 17. Basically, it's another prophecy from Isaiah about the light of God coming. And Jesus in John 9, verse 5, he says, I am the light of the world. But then also in Matthew 4, what does he say? You are the light of the world. And then if you went to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it's a verse, 
verse 1 through 6, it basically says this, the gospel of Jesus Christ has that illuminating impact and effect on the world. It is an illuminating influence. And listen carefully to me. I don't know where you're going tomorrow. I don't know where you're going the next day. I don't know the new thing that God has for you. But if your light's not shining, you're missing the nature and the character and the purpose of God for your life. Come on, somebody realize it and say, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm got, I have a response. The new thing he has for you is not just for him to shine the light for you. It's for him to shine the light for you so you can shine the light for a world that is lost and in darkness. Amen. Wow. That's the nature of God, the new thing. Again, the specifics. I can't, I can't illuminate to you all the specifics of his future for you, but I can tell you the nature of the new thing is always very revealing, the light of God shining. And then number seven of the seven uh, core characteristics of the nature of God and the new thing that he wants to do in and through you, it's that, it's, it's that of liberating. For he says in verse 7, to open blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and those who sit in darkness from the prison house. How many of you know the new thing has to do with liberty? Oh, let me be political a second. How many of you know the devil doesn't want us to be people of freedom and liberty? And in many ways, we could lose, we'd lose liberties as a, as a people if we're not careful. But from a bigger understanding, the new thing that he has for us, wherever he's brought us from, how many of you believe, <coughs> pardon me, how many of you believe that the liberty that he brought you out of sin and darkness is still a, pro- a progressive thing. In fact, Paul said this, he has delivered me, delivered me, he is delivering me, and he will yet deliver me. In other words, the new thing that God has for you and I leads us through progressive levels of freedom and liberty in him. Amen? Are you with me? Say amen. And not only for us... But for all those, if you will, follow me here this morning, for all those we come in contact with, God wants us to bring that liberty into their life. Jesus stood up. Uh, he came back, I think it was Caesarea in Luke 4. He stands up and he reads out of Isaiah in Luke four eighteen, And basically, Isaiah, I forget what passage from Isaiah, but he says, let me tell you why I'm here. I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to loose the bondages. That's the purpose. That's my future. That's my destiny. That's the new thing that's going on in my world. And how many of you know, we have that same responsibility to bring liberty and not bondage to the world. There's a, how many of you know people that are in bondage? We've got the key to set them free. It's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this morning, catch, catch this with me. Let me walk back through the nature of the new thing. It's born out of the caring nature of God. A bruised reed, he's not going to break. It's based upon the fact that all of us have been called for a righteous purpose. There's a calling on all of us. Whatever he has for you in the new day, in the new thing, 
It's born out of his caring nature for you, but it's also born out of the call of God that he has on all of our life. And then the promise of his helping hand wherever we go, I'll hold your hand. And oh, by the way, I'm going to keep you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guard you. I'm going to protect you. Yeah, you may not know the specifics about tomorrow, but you can rest assured this. I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to protect and preserve you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Somebody say amen. Because I'm giving you as a gift to the whole world to usher in the ultimate fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. In you, all the peoples of the earth shall be blessed. That's why Jesus, before he left planet earth, gave us the great commission. Because we have the responsibility as a gift to the people of God to the people of this world. And he said, I'll shine through you. You don't have to convince people. When the light comes on, the light comes on. I mean, have you ever walked into a dark room and turned the light on and then went, I think I need to turn, where's the light? I need to turn the light on. You don't turn, the light's on. When the light's on, the light's on. When he starts shining through you, that the influence of his light is, is, is globally impacting. In people's lives. And it's liberating. For it says this. He says this. He said uh, to open blind eyes. To bring prisoners from the prison. Who sit in darkness. From the prison house. There's people all around us sitting in darkness. So that. Everybody say the verdict's in. Who he's bringing justice This is his verdict. He's going to do something new. It's liberating. It's illuminating. It's a a giving thing he's given us. He's guarding us. He's helping us. He's calling us. And he's caring for us in order for his purposes to be realized. Now, let me read you this final statement. The new thing God has for all of us isn't simply something wonderful he desires to bring to us. But, or however, it's something wonderful he desires to bring to us and then ultimately work through us to the world around us for the benefit of all of us. The new thing has to do not just about what God wants to do for us and to us, but what he wants to do for us and to us so he can then work through us for the rest of our lives. To the honor and glory of God and the benefit of the world around us. Everybody say new thing. Now that's the verdict it is in. You can't. The verdict's in. God has a plan for all of our life. He has a new thing that he wants to spring forth. We may not know the details, but guess what? We know his nature. And the core characteristic of who he is and his plan to fulfill his kingdom purpose in the earth. And we have the joy of being a part of God's great global plan for all the families of the earth to be blessed. Amen. You know, when we go to Mexico, what do we do? 
We're blessing families of the earth. When we sow seeds into Haiti, and in fact, I think this weekend the Haiti revival kicks in gear. And Jay, in fact, Jay, gosh, if I had his text, he sent us a text asking for prayer. That the, there's a lot of demonic things, of course, that they're warring against. But what what are we doing? We're we're doing our part. We're we're standing in our place, saying, "God, you're going to do something new here." Thank you that you've allowed me to be a part. That not only you're doing something for me, but you're doing something through me. That's your purpose for for the world to be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today, as we stand together, church, let's embrace the nature of God. He cares for you today. He loves you. You may not sense it. He loves you. You may have done some things that have caused you to feel like you're separated. All you got to do is say, Lord, forgive me. I come home to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I, I got I to be honest with you. I feel a little separated from God today. In fact, I'm not really sure if he really if I've ever really given my life to Him. And today, I want to get on track to experience the new thing He has for me. Well, that old life has been a mess. I need a brand new life, a brand new future, a brand new hope. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, need a brand, I need a new life. My old life is a mess. I feel just like those children of Israel in bondage, and I need the liberty of Christ in my heart. If that's you today, wherever you are, just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Anyone here? If you're here today, you can say, Pastor, I know I, I belong to him, but I feel like I've gotten off track from his plan, and I want to get back into the vein of his will and plan, the call for righteous living and the righteous loving of others that you lift your hand wherever you are and we'll pray for you. Amen. Father, today we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you will carry us. You'll hold our hand, protect us and keep us. Bless us, guide us, direct us because you love us. And Lord, help us be the light and shine the light to all the world that are in darkness. Lord, your word says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the new thing, God. May we embrace your character and nature as we move into the destiny of God for our lives. And the new thing that you have not only for us, but the new thing you want to work through us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Man, I feel good this morning. How about you? You feel good this morning? I don't know what time, I don't know what time it is, but I want to do one more thing. Okay, I got four minutes.
if you're here today and you just need prayer, you don't need to tell us what you need prayer for, but you say, Pastor, I need someone to agree with me in prayer about something. If that's you, you say, oh, this is my chance. Lift your hand. Anyone? You say, okay, there we go. There we go. Somebody else? Say, I need prayer. Lift your hands wherever you are. Now look around. Look around. Look around behind you. If you don't see any hands in front of you, look behind you. There's hands. Keep your hands up. Now, that, that need prayer. Turn around and look at people whose hands up and just begin to pray for them right now. Turn around. Look, there's people in the back, people left, right. Lord Jesus, today, those who lifted their hands, Lord, you're a God of supernatural supply and provision and care and concern. We pray today, Lord, that you would show up in their midst. Lord, you'd be everything they need you to be. Lord God, and they, that, that whether it's healing or help or family, whatever it is, Lord, we thank you. We agree together and we, we say, Lord, have your way in their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the God of the new thing a big hand this morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. Now, everybody turn around and look at that. Look back there. See that clock back there? I didn't even realize that was there again. So it's big for me. For blind preacher. They have blind preacher numbers back there. So there you go. Love somebody before you go. Don't forget Wednesday night. Be here a little before 7. We'll let you out by 8.15. It's going to be a great night. God bless you. Have a great day. Love somebody. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock. Growth groups, life groups. Amen.